You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. So we clearly have a, a budget podcast, right? In the sense that it's, it's not that we're cheap, but, but we're cheap. And when you're cheap, you don't get the most fancy equipment. You don't get the most fancy programs. And uh, one of the benefits of having fancy programs and fancy equipment is that um, you don't have technical issues. Uh, so we had technical issues last week, so that's why we kind of had to push it. But we're recording a little bit early, um, so hopefully we have a little bit more time. But not great. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we've had to re-record this a little bit. Um, so it's not that we are outdated, but we are better dated right jeffrey yeah i think well i mean with hockey there has been much news i also don't like the fact that you're slamming the things that we talk about you know slamming how important zencaster and anchor have been to us but you know oh they've been absolute beauties for us yeah the technical difficulties are on our end it's not with zencaster anchor it's just us but as austin was saying right like basically we're, we're talking about exactly what we talked about the last time we recorded, except this time it's updated because everything we talked about now has a little bit more meaning that we can kind of, you know, put some more flair on what our topics were from last the last time we recorded, the unpublished episode, I would say. Yeah, we've polished it up indeed. So why don't we first start off with those reverse retro jerseys. Jeffrey, first thoughts. I want to hear them. Okay, so... When we when we pre our pre recording was we were we only had the teasers and uh, when we realized we couldn't um, publish our episode, then all the jerseys actually came out. So it was kind of like uh, they're all here now. So now we can actually like kind of look at them. Um, to be honest, when they were first being teased out, I really really hated them. I don't know about all there there were a couple of them that looked you know okay maybe I could you know. Wouldn't, it wouldn't be too, too bad. But then, uh, once they've came out, some of them I'm warming up to a little bit, but I think overall I'm still just not a big fan of these reverse retro jerseys. Okay, so what do you mean by warming up? Give me an example of when you're warming up to. Like, for me, I, I, okay, the one jersey I thought would be very, very hard to like redo would be the Canadians ones because like the Habs logo has not changed for a hundred years. The color scheme hasn't changed for a hundred years. It's like, how can you make a reverse retro Jersey that looks good yet have it to be like retro? Like, I, like I get like in the end, it's just changing a couple of colors, changing a couple of lines. But I was like, how are you going to get away from the classic Habs Jersey? So I was like, Oh, well, how's it going to look? But I really I honestly think the Habs uh, retro, reverse retro jersey is like underrated. It is very, very good. Like considering the fact that they don't really have that much to work with, um, like it's gonna be weird seeing them in a blue jersey. But at least it's better than that candy cane stripe Montreal jersey that we once talked about, right? It's better than that, and this jersey actually looks great. I think that could this could be a that rare third jersey that the Habs never ever have. This could be a, like a third jersey for me. I mean, okay, when you look at like the retro original six teams, I gotta say, man, I think that's probably the best looking one, the Montreal Canadiens one. You could say, you know, look at that history and the good with the with the history looks like the Habs. The bad with the history, you gotta say the Leafs and the Red Wings. Those look bad, like especially the Red Wings. Red Wings just look like a practice jersey. And the Leafs, I get the co- like the color. It's the logo I can't do, man. Like I know I'm being super picky here, but let's say I'm a consumer. You know, if I'm buying it from Adidas, full price, two hundred fifty bucks. Hey, man, that's not that's not you know a small amount. Like I would have I have to love it first, right? Like that Toronto with that that font, I I can't do it. Like maybe maybe I'm gonna talk to a, a Leafs fan. So Jeffrey, Leafs jersey. Um. Do you know how sometimes when you're using like Microsoft Paint and you have that fill background button and you've you've like outlined like you you've created something and now you're just filling in the background for something but you just didn't close off your like your shape or whatever so then it spills all over 
that's what I kind of see at the Leafs logo, right? Like, I get it's reverse retro, right? So, you know, the Leafs logo, you know, it's got the white outline, white font, but it's the Leafs blue. To me, that it, it feels like that. Like, there's not enough of, like, an actual design. Like, the logo just looks weird. And I agree with you. Like, the, I didn't really think about the font in the beginning, but now that you pointed it out, it just it just looks weird. It's almost... It's almost as bad as those weird block letter Toronto Maple Leafs ones, like way like a couple years ago when it was just like block letters Toronto. It's like it's nearing that level of cringe. Okay, you know I'm gonna bring this up. How nice are those Kings ones? It defines the color. Okay, can hold up first. The logo and the color palette is bueno, and then you also look at like what color what do you think of when you think of la sports you think of the lakers right like as much as i'm a kings fan you think of the lakers and you define that la sports colors as purple and yellow oh it's so nice it's so pretty i i, I heard jeffrey go he has some something to tear me tear this apart with but let's hear it no honestly i was gonna agree with you i think the 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 lakers um shrine jerseys or i don't know what they're, i'm gonna call them but they, they're basically a shrine to the lakers i think like this jersey it, it's nice and i i really like i think the purple and yellow goes really well i think purple in general I, i'm just a big fan of purple not sure about the arizona purple jerseys but i really like the king's jerseys i i might have a little bit of a argument with you about where the numbers are placed but they're kind of a little bit low on the sleeves, which kind of looks a little bit weird to me. But other than that, like this is a sharp jersey. I, I love purple. Um, I, don't, I think I've ever said that, but this this purple jersey is probably one of the nicer purple jerseys that you'll ever see. Kind of like the Ravens purple. Like uh, this, this could be like a this is like an A plus jersey to me. So I have to agree with you. Like Kings, this Kings jersey is nice. Okay, so you said you love the purple jersey, so I assume you love the Coyotes jersey as well? No, I, I said already that the Coyotes jersey is uh, no bueno to me. No bueno. no bueno. Okay, so give me your top three and your bottom three. Okay, um, I think bottom three is a lot, lot easier. Um, <laughs> you have to say, like you said, Detroit... Detroit looks like they they forgot stuff. Like They just like forgot to put some stuff on their thing. Like if like okay, I'm looking at all these jerseys on NHL.com right now. Why is the short the only one that doesn't the the model is one of the ones that doesn't have like a C with it, right? Like it's it makes it even look more blank. It looks like like the silver like stripes were just like a random add on at the end. Um, and it's just it just the Red Wings logo. It just looks so plain. Um, they're just gonna blend in with the ice. I feel like you're just gonna see a guy in. Well, I, I'm assuming they're going to wear red hockey pants, but, like, this is very plain. It looks like there's no effort put into it. But, like you said, it's an original six team, so it's hard. Um, I know the Vancouver Canucks jersey has taken some crap for, like, the fade, and um, I'm going to have to tend to agree with that. Like, the faded palette looks good in, like when it's fully just faded, like you don't have any extra stripes or any extra designs on it. But with the Canucks jerseys, you can't add in stripes and add in fading and have a mix of just some fade, some's faded, some's not. Like the sleeves are, the colors are divided by the stripes, but then the front and the back are faded. So it's kind of like, can you make up your mind, please? So I, I had to put the Canucks one up there too. Um, and third, I, I I have to say the Leafs jersey is ugh. like as much as I'm a Leafs fan, this is one of those jerseys that I won't buy. Okay, so let's let's dissect that first. So we talked about the Red Wings and the Leafs. Let's talk about the Canucks one. I don't know, man. I like I like the 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 contrasting colors, man. Like when it comes down to it, you could have had much worse colors to contrast. This is a nice like blue. I like like I said. I think you you don't agree with how like. The pattern may be, but like color itself, I can live with. I don't know, man. I don't know if that's my worst three, but like, I don't know, man. The Canucks, I, I can live with. So, okay, what would what would your worst three be before I go into my top three? All right, yeah, my worst three. Um, I'm gonna try to not overlap with Jeffrey, just you know, because that's the, the easy way out. But 
Yeah, like the Red Wings one, there's no going around it. The Red Wings one, you know what that looks like to me? It looks like they submitted the first draft. And why I think that is, they probably gave, you know, like the white jersey as like the background, be like, hey, jersey designer, do whatever you got to do with this white jersey as your background, you know? And they put in the logo, you know, um, and they put in the bars. Put them in gray because they were deciding what color to use. They left the background in white because they're trying to decide what color they use. And decided, you know, this is a nice design I want. And then they went, oh crap, this is due today. And went, well, today is the deadline. It's in 20 minutes. I can't do anything. Here you go. <laughs> That's the vibe I get. I get a total vibe of it's just, I forgot to do this. I will submit whatever I have. <laughs> So, yeah, not a fan of that. Um, the other two I don't like, I don't like the Dallas Stars one. I think that's one that people have been pretty okay with. I don't know. The star inside the star, I, I, I don't love it. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of very plain white jerseys, which I will contradict myself later. I, I'm going to let you know what the best ones. Um, and just how small the, the Dallas is. And with the stars being yellow, I find it very hard to read. So not a fan of that. Um, the green, I I can live with, but it's just not a great combo. And I've got a hot take. I don't like the Flames one. The Flames one, is the issue with me is the logo. I don't like the logo. I think that's one, something as like an outsider from Calgary, then that's why you don't like the logo. But I, I, like, I feel like a lot of Calgarians or like Flames fans really like that logo, though. I know you associate it with very good times, but I, I don't like it. And for me, it kind of feels like of the wrong timing as well. Especially with the season where the joke is, ha ha ha, Calgary just signed everyone from Vancouver. The colors aren't great either. The timing just is not great. It's not a terrible jersey, but when you mix the timing involved too, I don't love it. Um, and I've got two hot takes. Do I have hot takes first, or do you want do I discuss these favorite jerseys first? No, no, go for your hot takes. Um, Vegas shouldn't have gotten the retro reverse jersey. <laughs> uh, it's like if Seattle had a retro version, I'd be like, just no. I get it for money reasons. You probably like everyone gets one. Why won't yeah, Vegas get one? But like, come on, <laughs> come on. I'm not a fan of that. And I'm also not a fan of how the NHL handled marketing for Chicago. Um, so if you look, the Blackhawks on the release video, they showed the jersey for, like the front of the jersey for maybe half a second. And on the promotional, it's all in the back. Look, if you're not proud of your your logo, change it. Right now. It just looks bad when everyone, 30 other teams, especially the, even the team that came to existence two years ago, are showing the new cool reverse retro logos. I like most of these logos. The only logo I'm like, eh, about is probably the Sabres one. And like I mentioned, probably the, the Flames ones. I, I'm okay with the rest of them. Except for the Blackhawks where they're just like, okay, look, if you're embarrassed of it, then don't show it. If you are okay with it then show it and make it like the rest of us now this sticks out like a sore thumb and my thumb just goes down to the NHL for how they release this you either are proud of it and you show it out or you're not proud of it and you change it if you want to hide it then you better have a couple other teams do the exact same thing as what the Blackhawks did show in the back of the jersey can't just have one team was this a missed opportunity from the NHL in Chicago to redesign their logo given the fact of the history of their logo well, the thing is, they do their logo is a little altered, right? So it is a little bit different. Um, I don't know if it was a good opportunity to change the logo. It's not something that I feel I am equipped to handle. Um, yeah, and you know what? I you know I changed my mind for one of the bad ideas. I can live with the flames one. I changed my mind. I am not a fan of the Islanders. I've totally forgot. I skipped the Islanders. The Islanders one is also garbage. That, that jersey is, low, that is garbage. Flames, I'm like, eh, timing's not great. Logo, you know what? I understand people might like it. But the Islanders one, garbage. Just absolute garbage. 
I would, I'll even throw an honorable mention after it too, but Islanders one was garbage. You just changed the color scheme a little darker. The Red Wings one was literally, you know what? I have 20 minutes left to do this. I got to do this. The Islanders one was, I have 30 minutes to do it or, or even less. I have five minutes to do this. I'm just going to upload an old jersey. I'm just going to change the color scheme a little bit darker. That's literally the Islanders one. You guys had, you had so many great logos to work with, and you just changed the color scheme. Not a fan of that. You know, like, that's just, I don't know. If I'm an Islanders fan, I'm, I'm thinking, why would I buy this? Like, why? And my honorable mention, Pittsburgh. Hot take, Pittsburgh. Kind of stole the Rangers with the diagonal lettering. And that's not a logo. Unless you are the Washington football team, you really shouldn't be having a logo like that. Not a fan. Well, no, this Pittsburgh Penguins, like this, this, I remember seeing Mario Lemieux in that jersey, though. So it's not like they're stealing from the Rangers this diagonal way. It's kind of like back in the 90s where everything was just diagonal. So then everything, they just made everything look a little bit better. But um, I, I think just I in general. Like I know, like it's just a t- it's just it's just a city, right? It's not, it's like it's like a generic Pittsburgh sweater that you can now wear for anything. Like you could go to a Steelers game, you can wear that, and no one would know the difference. Yeah, but I I think I agree with you. It looks like a lot of the jerseys that we hate are ones where it looks like some guy just put on some colored glasses, and then it was like, hey, that looks better. Let's put this make this as a jersey, right? Like they just changed the tints a little bit and i get it it's a reverse retro jersey so like you're t- basically you're taking an old jersey and just changing up the color scheme so it makes sense that you're changing colors but it looks like some people are just having like you know tinted glasses and being like hey this is now our new jersey um but i i do agree with you the, the picks that you made i have i have no qualms with you i agree with you that those ones that you picked are all quite shitty but uh do you want to go into your top three jerseys there all right, so uh, you know how I mentioned that I hate the white backgrounds. Yeah, I love the the Nordiques jersey. I know it's a not that's a very very common answer. Love the Nordiques jersey. Um, the burgundy compliments that. Mwah. I like now that I'm thinking about it. I think my issues with the stars one was probably that like it's the light color. It's a yellow with the white, which I'm not a fan of. It and the nice darker color of. The Nordiques logo. Mwah. Love it. Um, I also love the Kings one, as I mentioned. Love it. And I think for my last one, a little bit of a hot hot take for this one. You ready for this, Jeffrey? Sure. I like the wild one. Again, with the white background. I get it. But I think it has... It's not like... I know I said Dallas Stars yellow. I don't get it. But I think the dark really covers it well. I don't know. I I I, could, I really like that wild one. I don't know why. It's just my look, and I'm like, this is calming and soothing. I like this. I I think I have to agree with you on most of your picks. Um, I'm not a big fan of the fleur de lis at the bottom of the Nordique sweaters. It kind of just like it's out there. Uh, it's it, it's a little bit old school to me. It doesn't. And I get okay. I get the retro jerseys, but they 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 don't look great to me. I don't really love the fleur de lis down there. Um, I I do agree with you. I the Kings is one of the top three jerseys for sure. I agree with you. And the Wild is the Wild. That's an honorable mention. I think now that you've taken out like all those extra colors and you've made the Wild um logo a little bit plainer, you actually do see the bear a lot clearer. And I I just think like they simplified the design, which made it look even though it's it's on a white background, it's not as flashy as or not as busy as before. It just makes it a lot like calmer and e- more more easy on the eyes. I think. Yeah. So that we got the same top three. No, no, no. I, I'm gonna. I I don't. I don't. I don't love the Colorado. The Minnesota one's like a honorable mention. I I will say the Kings is one of the number one, the number one, top threes. Um, the Habs. As a Leafs fan, it hurts to say, it, but I I do love the Habs that jersey is really really good and i don't know about you this might be a hot take here but i honestly i really like the panthers jerseys for some reason like to me maybe it's like the way they've just like marketed but like is the logo bigger than before it just looks like 
it's, it just looks better than it was like way back when, and even compared to their jerseys right now. I really like this reverse retro jerseys for the Panthers. Oh yeah, I'm on I'm on board with that. It's it's nice, but like I guess my one issue is just like it's a little too similar. I get it; it's it's retro, but I'm wondering for a lot of consumers, if they already have that old jersey, are they gonna get it? Which kind of defeats the purpose. Of, you know, it is reverse. It is a retro jersey, right? So, like, what are you expecting? So, I I like it. I just don't know how well that will sell. Yeah, but we're not talking about you know how marketable or how like how much profit you're going to make from these nice jerseys. We're talking about the best jerseys. So I think the Panthers one, yes, you know, it's fairly similar. Granted, right, they're like the one of the newer franchises. So how many jerseys do they actually have? But it, I think this is one of the, their nicer jerseys for sure. And like compared to all the reverse retro jerseys, you could argue maybe that it's not one of the top threes. But to me, I, I think it, it, it's up there for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like you could do a lot worse. Yeah, that I, I agree with you, and and I'll say it again. hurts hurts for me to say it, but you know the LA Kings jersey is really really nice. I, I think if they marketed it and had a twenty four instead of the twenty, I think you could get a lot more intrigue in it for sure, like with Kobe and everything. Okay, so I want your opinion on this one though. Thoughts on using the Mighty Ducks logo for Anaheim? Um, like, like, are you talking about like the Disney movie Mighty Ducks, or just like the? The current reverse retro jersey for the Ducks. The reverse retro jersey for the Anaheim. What do you think about it? Um, I don't love it. Like it seems like it's too cartoony. It almost looks like this was like a movie jersey, like a jersey like a movie hockey team would wear. Um, like it, it's a little bit too clowny. It's like they're almost using like Comic Sans font for their numbers and their letters. It's. Eh, it, it it would be down there on one of the worst jerseys, except that I I think it, it's it's too it's too unique to say that it's bad. I think it, they tried something. It maybe didn't work out a hundred percent, but at least they tried, and it it didn't end up the worst compared to some of the other jerseys. But it, it's near the bottom for sure. How about you? Ah, uh, you know, for me, like I basically just saw it was like this could be a great Christmas present to like like a six year old. <laughs> that's all I see. Like this is, if I was given like, if I had to give you know, an imaginary, you know, child, one of these jerseys for Christmas, I'd give Anaheim Ducks. They I, they could be like, yeah, I live in Toronto. I'm a lease. I'm like, here's the Anaheim Ducks. This one is perfect for you. <laughs> like I said, it just it that like you said that jersey is the embodiment of Comic Sans. <laughs> hey, maybe you might find out you might have a. Uh... Uh, a kid somewhere and then maybe you can actually buy that jersey for them one day sure anyway i, I think that's enough about the rough retro jersey I, I do think you know we'll see if they, they're marketable if they're going to turn a profit for the nhl it, it's just it's nice to see the creativity for some of them some of them might have gone a little bit too creative some of them uh were clearly uh last minute projects as Austin said but uh you know i, I think the nhl took its shot We'll see how they go. Maybe maybe I'll buy Alston a reverse retro jersey for Christmas, but uh, I would not want a least reverse retro jersey in exchange to Alston. So hint, hint, if you're trying to buy me something for Christmas this year. What? Leafs reverse, reverse retro jersey? All right, cool. Uh, just kidding. The last word before I, before I uh, continue with this. Um, with the New York Rangers jersey, do you not just immediately think of Merrick Malik going, going in between his legs in a shootout when you see that jersey? That's the first thing I think of when I see that New York Rangers jersey. Merrick Malik in between legs shootout. It's a 13th round or whatever. I don't think the Rangers were that successful in that era, so I, I do agree with you. I think that's the only memory I can think of. Maybe like the Rangers wore that as like a third or fourth jersey once in a while, but that's like the only highlight I can remember of them wearing a jersey with that logo. Oh, thank God I'm not the first one. <laughs> That's the only thing I saw. All right. So why don't we, uh, why don't we, you know, we've talked so much about reverse retro jerseys. Why don't we, you know, go back in time a little bit and go back to the, well, like way back, I, I don't know how we missed this news, but way back in April, we got our, the first ever female hockey GM, uh, who was over in SC Burn? I think it was Florence Schilling, I believe. That's that's in the Swiss League, and you know it didn't really come up. But 
recently with MLB, um, and they hired the first ever um, female GM and also the first uh, GM of Asian descent in one of the four major North American sports league. I think that brought up a point of, are we going to see like more diversity and change in hockey management? Uh, yes, but I think we had this conversation, you know, earlier. I don't think it will be as quick as we'd like to see it. And I know it's coming on the heels of the Florida Panthers news, which we'll discuss after. But when it comes to women in executive positions, I don't think we'll see that very soon. And you can say, well, look at, look at you know, Essie Byrne and look at MLB. I would argue that the NHL is probably the most conservative out of the four major sports. Um, I think just look at the racial diversity in the league. Um, look at how they handled the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, look at how they handled the Hockey Diversity Alliance. And take a look at, I think this is the big one, the old boys club in the NHL. Generally speaking, you just have the same, I don't know, 45 people being the GM. And it's weird because the fact that Yarmul Kikalainen was the first European GM to become a GM of the NHL was major news. And you could say, well, look at the other major sports. You you don't have, you know, you're the first Asian GM in the MLB. You don't have any non-NFL GMs. Um, I don't think there, there's, I think one or two GMs or AGMs that are from the European leagues in the NBA. And the NHL, you have one. So I, like, and this is massive news. I, I don't know, man. I've always felt that hockey's probably the most conservative out of all of them. And I think you're probably going to have to see a few more GMs in the European leagues and in one of the four major sports in the United States before we'll see a woman as a GM in the NHL. Jeffrey? I think I, I, I tend to agree with you. I think like it's not going to be an out-of-the-blue female GM. I think it's going to be a building process, right? You're going to see... Maybe the first female um, assistant GM before you're ever going to see a female GM. You're going to see more female scouts. You're going to see more female um, coach. Maybe some female coaches or female trainers. Like you're going to see more diversity come in to the hockey management side before we ever get to the point of female female GM. And I think it's going to be tough for sure. To ever get to that point, I think. Well, I had this one thought that I'm not sure if this really affects it. I think it's different in Europe and and in North America for female hockey. I don't know. I'm not a best. I can't be the best uh, person to talk about it, but I think playing hockey over in Europe as a woman, it it can be you could it can be a career per se. Um, but we've seen in North America, right, with the NWHL or the CWHL, a lot of these athletes end up having to work second jobs. A lot of them, when they go to their university and play college hockey, they finish. They're not like NHL players who, you know, will do one year and then go and go play the NHL or they come straight out of high school and play go play professional hockey where they don't have that education. A lot of these women have degrees. So they have prepared for a life after um, hockey where they they might be even working on their careers as they're playing professional hockey. And when they decide that they want to retire, they have a career for them. So they don't feel like they're, you know, going to become going into hockey management because that's the only thing that they've known for their entire life. Um, so I, and then for a lot of these, this old, old boys club, right? 
a lot of these people, yes, some of them might have education, but a lot of them have played professional hockey. And then they kind of pigeonhole themselves into just playing hockey that the only like like move up in their careers once they're gone is to go into hockey management. And that that's a, it's a cycle of just people hiring old retired hockey players to come into become into hockey management. And some of them turn out good, some of them turn out bad. But I think for a lot of these female professional hockey players, they have they have other avenues already in place to go into different careers. And that might there there doesn't seem like a precedence. There doesn't seem as many um routes for female hockey players to go into hockey management right after retirement because they have other avenues other avenues that are more fruitful for to them, possibly, that they don't feel like they need that they're going to have to stay in hockey for the rest of their lives in order to survive. I think Jeffrey makes some really good points. And uh, I've got a hot take, early hot takes today. I think we'll get a female NHL head coach before we get a female NHL GM. So you might say, well, you know, we have women in the front office of NHL already, right? I think like a prime example would be, um, I think the Kings have a female scout um, and she's leading the charge really on the biracial people of color. Um, she's leading the charge there as a as a great ambassador. Um, but I still think head coach will come quicker. Um, and why I say this is, I think when you look at it and you look at women's hockey as a whole, whether you look at the NWHL, you look at the European leagues, I think the jump is a little bit more complex in the sense that the NHL is a bit more robust in terms of having this of CBA, a larger cap. You're just dealing with a much larger scope. Um, and if you look at coaching, I think coaching, the skills you learn there are transferable in the sense that the, many of the drills you use to coach women's hockey is very transferable to men's hockey. Um, and you might you know, say, well, we don't have a female head coach in the European leagues already, right? But like I mentioned before, right, like a lot of these skills are transferable well. And I think, like, the perception I get from the last couple of years is that the boys' club in the NHL, GM-wise, is a lot smaller and less accepting than, I would say, the coaching club, which has been more accepting in the sense that if you put in your time to the AHL or you're an assistant coach, they're more willing to have a new generation of coaches currently. Then I feel like in GMs where it's okay, which recycled GM can we hire? Yeah, I I think I agree with you there for sure. I think as a coach, the stepping stones to become an NHL coach, there there's a bigger possibility. Like when you see a lot of the head coaches in the NHL, you see yes, you'll see those you know old head coach recycle, but then you'll always see like. They'll look for coaches in the junior systems. They'll look coaches in the collegiate system. And I tend, I agree with you. I think you're going to see that with potentially the first ever like woman, like even if, as an assistant coach being picked up from the collegiate level to come into um, the NHL. Like we've seen like women's, like I think we've seen some like specialty coaches, like skating coaches um, that um there are female skating coaches for a couple of teams um but like that's lower low. that that might not be like what we're looking at for saying like the head coach but there seems to be more like an easier stepping zone like a and not easy in the sense that there's at least a easy like there's a way in to go into nhl head coaching but i agree with you for sure like with the management position i think it's going to be hard like w- how are they going to be able to select talent female talent to come into these hockey ops roles, hockey management roles? Like, how are they going to, like, build upon to move up into the system, like, and eventually become a GM? I think the head coach path has more, like, def- definitive steps, which um, someone can take and eventually reach that goal of becoming the first female um, assistant, uh, first female uh, head coach. And, like, I- I'm looking at, like, when are we going to get our first Becky Hammond, right? Like, 
it could be like we could have our very first NBA female head coach within the next year or two when Greg Popovich retires and the Spurs do the right thing and make Becky Hammond the next head coach. Like I can see that being very soon. And that's going to be a big deal for um, women in sports, having the first female head coach within these four professional leagues, male professional leagues, seeing a first female head coach. So I, I think we're, we're on the way there. I think there's still, I agree with you, there's still a lot to do, especially within the NHL. But we're starting to see little cracks in the armors from the old boys club. We're seeing people take, like, not risk, but look for diversity, right? Like, we've got our first ever um, Latino owner with the Arizona Coyotes. We're seeing people, like, how the NBA, a lot of these GMs used to be work in um, player representation. We see Florida right now, they're a new GM started off in player representation before going into hockey management. And then they just hired Brett Peterson, who came in from player representation and is now going into uh, hockey management and is also probably the first um, black assistant GM in the NHL. Yeah, like that's definitely great news. Um, I think, could this be a, a watershed moment? Like my fear is... Okay, Jeff, you're going to have to... I forgot who this was. But wasn't there a female goalie who played one NHL game? I think it was a preseason game, though. Jeffrey, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, um, it's men... I don't know if it's Menon or Maria Rope. It's Menon. Yeah, Menon uh, Rayum, I think it was? Yeah, played with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. And my fear is that it becomes a situation like that where they have her play, play, I think it was a period or a game, and there's been nothing since. I would love to see this be a sustained change and not a one-time occurrence. And I think that really does come down to whether or not the NHL has actually learned something. And if they're, you know... If they've learned something and this is the opportunity for them. And if the next situation comes and you really do notice that, you know what, our candidates are very similar, then the NHL needs to develop a pipeline. You know, I'm never going to advocate for not getting the best person possible. I don't want, you know, different people elevated to these roles just as a figurehead. I want them to be able to contribute. So I want them to either go, okay, we have opportunity to hire different people. And if they can't put that pipeline in place, whether it's, you know, job shadowing, you know, if it's mentoring, whatever it is, give them an opportunity to learn. So one day they can become another Brett Peterson. I think, I have I'll have patience for this, right? I, I don't think this will be in a year. What's the difference, right? What like what have we seen? I'll give it a few years, but I think it's important for them to identify if there is a pipeline, if there's not a pipeline, to de- to develop one. As the NHL, your role is to lead hockey worldwide. Simple as that. Same thing for the NBA. Same thing for the NFL. When you're a leader, a clear cut leader in your sport. You have to be doing that. I think the MLB gets a little bit of leeway just because, you know, Jap- uh, Japan, um, you know, South Korean baseball is pretty established. Maybe you can argue the NBA doesn't really have to because they have European level, you know, sports are actually, European basketball, that's very, very close. But the point, point remains the same. Is if you're a major leader in your sport, it is on you to not only represent the league, but to represent the sport. And I think if you want to represent the sport, you need to have a diverse group of people. And to that, you either have to develop the pipeline or you tap that existing pipeline. I'm going in circles here. Jeffrey, tossing it over to you. Um, I think just to wrap up on the subject, I hope that I agree with you. I don't want this to be one and done. I want this to be 
the start of something, something that the NHL can build on. And I think I agree with you. I think it's going to be that pipeline encouraging, like, I don't want to say like just using Brett Peterson as like a, like just as a figure, but having him as a role model showing that within the NHL, we do care about like, we're, we're, we're about making the hockey diverse. We're about making hockey accessible to all. Um, it's definitely not the most accessible sport, but if you can start building that pipeline, it's going to start from the very smaller levels, like the junior levels, the minor hockey levels, and building up that pipeline. It's not going to be something that's going to happen after a year or two. It's something that needs to be, the momentum needs to be built upon. And I, I do worry that this could be a one and done deal, but like at the same po- point, I just think you need to diversify the group of people that you're selecting from, the group of people that you're going to select to become scouts, the group of people you're going to select to be trainers, doctors, team doctors, um, team like executives, all that stuff. I think if you can build up like a strong enough pool of diverse, qualified, highly professional individuals, then you can really start seeing some more growth in diversity in the NHL. I don't think I could have said it any better, Jeffrey. I think you've nailed it right on the head. Let's go. Perfect point, Jeffrey. Um, with that being said, there is one more thing I did want to talk about. Well, there is also one more thing I wanted to talk about, but you go ahead first. So now we have two things to talk about. Perfect. The all-Canadian division, Jeffrey. What do you think? I, I'm a, like, I think you know my opinion on this. I, I'm a fan of it. Um, you can't expect governments to make a concession for you. <laughs> like, that's just not happening. Um, and I get it. It's like, well, you're playing the same teams constantly. Um, but, like, and I also get it, understanding that, like, hey, the Canadian teams have gotten better, right? Um, but at the same time, like, I, I love it, man. I Like, it's just a one-time thing. Don't make this yearly. I'm not a fan of this yearly, but one-time thing. Just make it all Canadian division. Everyone's happy in the sense that everyone's going to be able to play in their home arena. Because if not, let's be honest here, you're going to make bubbles. And you know what? Bubbles aren't great for home ice advantage. Um, I like it. I think it's just like you get to see some matchups, iconic matchups a bit more. Um, and you'll see some more unconventional matchups. Like you'll see a few more I don't know, Vancouver Jets versus Montreal, Vancouver Jets, Vancouver Canucks versus Montreal Canadiens. I can live with that. I'm excited for that. I don't know, Jeff, what do you think? You know, the thing that I wanted to talk about was the thing that you wanted to talk about. So that, this is kind of great. Um, I know you're still loving the fact that you're the one who, you know, called the All-Canadian Division, even though I think other hockey insiders beat you to that. But to me, like... <sighs> I know, I know. This is some. This is your baby, almost. This is the one thing that you ever got right. But with, I, I really think that this all Canadian hockey division, like all Canadian division, could be, it could be great. Like I think, like within Canada, you already have your base for hockey. Um, I think you can maybe grow the sport a little bit more in Canada, but I don't think that's really the sense. I think you're just having the chance to have hockey restart is the key here so and i think the canadian division is the only way you can do it so that the nhl can still you know play whenever that's going to be and maybe that's something that we talk about later but like i thought about in my head like what you could potentially do is you can have like i know there's seven teams so it's going to be a little bit harder but it actually might work out so what you do is in the first part of the season what you do like in the schedule is you pair up two teams and they fit they play four games two games at one team's place and two games at the other team's place so the other week team has one week off in case they have any covid uh, positive tests so then they can clear that out of their system and so that way you're matching up two teams together to they're basically in their own little bubble for one week and once they're done their you know four game series then you you know, put the teams in a in a scrambler, and then you pair it up the next two teams, and there's one team that's going to be off for a week, 
and then that way you know you can have these like concentrated bubbles so if there is you know a potential i don't know outbreak or some test positive it's at least you're not having this one team going to play this one team then they play another team and then you're going to have to close down the entire division like i know it might suck that you know you're going to have one team that's going to be off but i think that this might be like a way to you know kind of prevent the fact that you know you're going to be playing multiple teams all over the country going to different cities going to have travel this might be a way to reduce a like the cost of travel because you're grouping games together um you're grouping players together into their these little cohorts and then forming new cohorts once everyone's safe um and then that way you can actually potentially be able to play hockey in canada in for the 2021 season so I don't know. You might destroy this idea completely. I'm sure the NHL doesn't like that idea, or players don't like the idea of having a week off. But I think this could be the most safe practice where the NHL could still play. And if there is an outbreak, then it's just one series that's affected. It's not gonna push back games like that are gonna. They're not gonna have to move all these games to the end of the season. Like kind of like the, what the NFL has to do. They have to postpone games, but it's not as bad because they have a week off. But with the NHL or even the NBA, right? If you have to like postpone one game, it's going to affect the schedule for all these other teams most likely. You know what? I think you're expecting me to be like, no, it's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. I like it. And I think the players will like it too. Um, I think this way, they're able to A, if you need to reschedule, you can reschedule. But B, Season's hard. <laughs> you get injured. And usually, you know, all-star break comes around and you can kind of take a couple of days off to recuperate. This is basically your all-star week to recuperate. You, let's be honest, we're probably not going to have an all-star, you know, game, all-star festivities. Um, and you don't get that break. And I think having that week break, I think the players will like it too. In the sense that, you know what, you may not be able to go to, you know, the Bahamas. But you're able to go home, sleep in your own bed, and rest up on those, you know, bumps and bruises that you get over the season. I'm all bored. Yeah, and like it, like I think the math works out good for like the like for the Canadian division, right? Like if you do those like two games at home, two games at away. I, I remember, I think in the CBA too, right? There's like a mandatory bye week, so that's kind of like your bye week. So what you can do is. You know, you play that set of four, and if you play a set of four against the six other teams, that's going to be, what, 24. Then you do that again, you repeat that, then it's going to be, that's your, what, 48 games right there. And then hopefully by then, that's going to be, you're going to be in like, what, April by then? Hopefully the condition, the pandemic's a little bit better. And then maybe that's when you can, all those extra games to, so that you match up with the other divisions that have eight um eight teams in it that's when you kind of like put in your scrambler everyone plays each other a couple more times maybe the pandemic's not as bad so the travel is a little bit better you're not worried about uh, outbreaks again then you can add in some more games there and then reach whatever the total of the nhl decides at the end so I-, I think it's a feasible option it's just you know the nhl doesn't listen to us maybe our listeners can tell the nhl this is what we- they should do because this th- I-, I think me and Olsen agree this is- could be a good idea Hold up, though. There is one thing I don't agree. I don't agree changing the schedule, being like, oh, if it's better, we'll do this, we'll do that. I think... I don't, I don't think that will work in the sense that I think you need to, you know, stabilize and go, you know what? If it gets better, great. Let's get even better. Let's keep, let's keep working on this pandemic. But our schedule is set. This season, we are just doing the Canadian division Maybe in the playoffs, we'll have like a Super Bowl one-game playoff type of thing for the Stanley Cup. But I don't think, you know, halfway through, it'll be like, well, actually, two extra weeks here, we're going to do some cross-border hockey. I think that's a little too too much going on. And it's hard for, you know, these players, their their training regimen, their, their, their diets, everything's so structured. I don't know if throwing a wrench in there being like well change your training plans because uh we are going to kind of just change your entire couple weeks so it sucks to be you i don't know if i uh, i like that though 
No, I, I think you misunderstood there. So, like, what I mean by scrambling is that you're not going to have... You're like, you're still going to be playing within your division, the Canadian teams, but it's not going to be that set of four where you play two games at one city and a two games at the other. Now, you're hopefully by April, inter like, it, within the city, you like, within the country, you can travel. So, you might only be playing, like, one game in Vancouver, and then the next day you play... Next game, you play in Montreal. So, you're not having those sets because... Like with the other, like if we did the same format with the eight team divisions, if you they had four, they played a set of four against seven teams, and you do that twice, that's fifty six games. So if the NHL wants to get to fifty six games for all the teams, right? So with the seven team division, you only get forty eight games. So you have those eight games remaining. What you do is now you're going to have this all scheduled up, obviously. Um, it might change if the, with the pandemic that maybe they're not going to be able to play those games right away or maybe they have to do it in a bubble somehow. But that's when you kind of like, you kind of do it like with all the NHL scheduling, right? It's kind of just picked at random. Toronto is going to play these eight games against these opponents within the Canadian division randomly. And then Montreal is going to play these eight games and just so that everyone's up to 56. So it's not like I'm saying that they go between divisions at that point after the Thunder set. I'm just saying that to make up for all the remaining games so they matched up with the rest of the NHL, you play within your division, but those games aren't going to be those sets of four that they kind of like had their little cohorts in the beginning. All right, with that being said, I got to run. So uh, I'll start with the last words. Um, so thanks for your patience, everyone. I know this has been a weird week for our recording, so it's all over the place. Um, hope you guys like the episode. Apparently, Jeff's, Jeffrey's going to buy me the King's jersey for Christmas. Um, so you guys heard it first. Um, and wear a mask, wash your damn hands, and love y'all. Jeffrey? Um, you know All of a sudden, you said everything that I wanted to say. I feel like we were in sync today. So I think we'll just oh, yeah. leave it at that today. We'll let you leave. We'll call it an episode. And then we'll be back next week on the regular po- recording on the weekends again. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bag Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.